be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. I'm Chris Solomon, joined by our resident Canadian expert or Sergio Garcia consultant, I believe, uh, Adam Sarson. And we got a little sound quality uh, improvement on the podcast. Adam, what's going on? No, oh, not much, man. How are you doing? It's, uh, it's, it's, it's good to know that I can be both a, a resident Canadian expert and the, you know, probably the president of the Sergio Fan Club. I guess it's me and Tron at this point, but uh, no, it's, uh, it's good to be back. It's, it's, it's good to know that you know you finally kicked to the curb, guys like Rory and Jordan, to get to me. So that's uh, that, that's definitely good to hear. I think we probably would have done one of these weekly if our if our schedules ever lined up. But now I've got to record this like after midnight just to just to accommodate your schedule. I'm just saying. I'm, uh, hey, you're you're the one who moved, not me. So don't you know? Don't put this on me. That's actually fair. Um, so is Jordan Spieth back? <laughs> uh, where where did he go? Uh, I, I don't quite I don't quite understand. Uh, I, look, I, I don't know if, if people know exactly uh, what we're kind of talking about. But so yesterday at some point after Jordan won, uh, Golf Week put out a tweet that said, looks like Jordan Spieth is back, which I, I, I don't I don't understand this in, in any way, shape or form. Yeah, I. I... I think it. Uh, I I generally like Golf Week. I think it was yeah. just kind of a a, a one off little thing. And, and to be fair, I didn't see it anywhere else. It's not like it's kind of a, it's a bit of a straw man thing. I think that you know we saw one person say it. It was kind of ridiculous that even one person said it. But uh, it's not it's not that big of a deal. But no, he's been playing like this for a while. To see it all kind of come together in one place, though, it was a little bit. It was kind of scary to me, and I mean that in a good way. And that. I mean, he he played very uh, conservative, not, not not even that conservative Sunday, but didn't really get a lot happening. Otherwise, he could have won by seven or eight if he had anything falling or if he was getting it a little bit closer to the hole. But um, I know a lot. I threw out a, a comparison to Tiger in a tweet, and I knew I was going to. I knew I got the feedback I was expecting, and people not understanding that. I just wanted to share an interesting nugget that. At the age of 23 and a half, Tiger had uh, 10 wins in one major. Spieth has nine wins in two majors. I just find that fascinating. I know Tiger, you know, in his first 100 starts had 28 wins. Spieth had nine. I just find it really interesting that this guy took a very different route to get here, came out at age 19 with no status, um, kind of got a jump start on the PGA Tour. So, yeah, he has more starts, but to have won nine events by the time you're at this age, that, that's that's noteworthy, and it's not meant to be a comparison to Tiger, but, I mean, that means something, right? Uh, no, it absolutely does. I mean, I, I don't – I mean, like you said, though, you know what you're going to get when you compare anybody to Tiger, even if it is just in an offhand remark. I mean, the fact is, is that, you know – no one, no one will ever be what Tiger was at, at, at any point. But no, it's, it's, it's ridiculous to see somebody this good come along. I mean, the the fact is, is that it's probably because of Tiger that we don't even appreciate Jordan as much as we should. To be honest, I mean, like you said, I mean, if if Tiger goes out and wins, you know, like you said twenty eight or whatever of his first hundred starts. I mean, like, like it, it's he he's put he's put everyone else in kind of a kind of a bit of an an impossible situation to 
to, to us for us to really truly appreciate. It's the same kind of thing that we go through with with Rory whenever you know. Rory goes three or four months without a win, and and we we all well not us, but people like people like to think that he's gone through some kind of a drought, and it's really really not the case. Um, it, it's just it, speed's amazing, and and what and you're right though. I mean, what we saw on on Sunday, I mean, he was basically playing like a like a prevent defense and just begging Kelly Kraft to come get him. Um, and it looked for a little bit like he like Kraft might make a charge, but I mean, it was never really in doubt at any point. I was a little bit nervous. I don't want to say nervous, but like I, I, I at least kept my attention a little bit. I thought it was a pretty boring Sunday. But again, part of the reason I wanted to make that make that Tiger comparison is at this point going forward, we cannot make it at all because uh, at this age, Tiger spent his next 13 months winning 12 tournaments, including four majors. So I just wanted to get that out there that this was the last chance to kind of throw in a fun little nugget as to how amazing the start of Spieth's career has been. And I think to a certain extent, it doesn't get appreciated. And uh, uh, just the fact that he won two majors so young, and if he had spread out his two majors, won one in 15, won one in 16, uh, we wouldn't have been dealing with the kind of crap that we were dealing with last year. And uh, to be fair, I think overall people are being very fair about how he's played recently and uh, you know, winning in Australia, had a very good start to the season in Hawaii, and now this. Uh, I think he lands, is a very safe prediction, I think he lands somewhere between the 2015-2016 season. Is that fair? Yeah, I, look, the, he's he's talked about how good his 2015 was. And, you know, when, when he goes out and says things like, well, you know, if, if I would win two majors every year for the rest of my career, like, it would be, you know, be the best player ever. Like, it's not, and it's not even close. Um the, he didn't have a bad 2016, you know, and, and people, you know, it, it's it's really quite unfair to compare the 2016 to 2015 because, again, he was so good for so long. Um, it, it, it was kind of scary to watch him go through uh, Pebble. I mean, his putter was so good. And even... Um, even even yesterday, like he wasn't making a whole ton of things drop, but I mean the the rest of his of his game was on point too. I mean, just he's he's got every facet of the game going right now, and uh, it's it's really impressive to watch. And that's, that's the, the thing. thing. And, and Porter kind of went off on this a little bit um, that it's not just the putting. Like his ball striking is absolutely incredible. It's off to an unbelievable start this year. I think he's like fourth or something in strokes gained approaching the green. And that's very skewed so far because there's not been very many events that have tracked it. And and even this week, only two rounds counted in that stat and whatnot. But I mean, you can see it. It's popping off the screen as well. He hit, he's hit like 85% of his green so far this year, which is blowing away the rest of the tour. And he's converting those into birdies at like a 41% rate, which is second on tour. That's a, it's an incredible combination. See, like, I think, I think part of it is usually when we see, like, so there's no doubt that, that Spieth is an incredible putter, right? We all know that. I think part of what we kind of see from time to time is usually, like, you get these guys who are so good at one thing, right? So say uh, Sergio is probably the best example. He is such a good ball striker that, you know, everything else kind of just falls by the wayside, and I think people kind of get used to that sort of thing. With Spieth, you know, he's such a good putter that for whatever reason it, it overshadows everything else, and people, like, we, we don't we don't see guys like this very often who are so good from at, at every facet of the game that I think people just kind of assume that, okay, well, it's the putter that's really doing it for him, but in reality it's, it's a, a perfect combination of both. 
Yeah, Porter was mad. Porter was mad at what he wrote today. Porter, <laughs> Porter is always mad at, you know, anyone anyone who comes at one of his, well, just like all of us are. I mean, anyone who kind of comes at the, you know, the guys that we like, but uh yeah, no, he it's 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 he's right though. He, he he's not he's not incorrect about what he was saying. I read that piece today. It was uh, it was it was well argued. I mean, he he's so good at everything that I think people just kind of fall back on. Well, he's such a great putter, but no, it's it's really quite the opposite. He's just good everywhere. They mentioned about twenty times on the broadcast that he looks more fit this year. I I, I didn't really see it, but uh, I was talking to a, a few people that just had noticed that his swing looks a little bit shorter this year. Maybe uh, that may be able to add to his ability to to re- make a repeatable action. It seemed like he was hitting his irons a little bit further than he normally was. He was at least keeping up with DJ on the distance of their irons. I was going to say there were a few times during the round that he put during one of the rounds with DJ where I was like, wow, he he's actually like. He's right. He's right there with them. So I mean, there, I mean, there could be something to that. I, I, I don't. Uh, I, but I mean, realistically, I don't think we can expect him to compete with DJ. You know, going forward, at least in terms of distance. But I mean, it was. It's. It's good to see. Yeah, and it's a decent start to the year with the winners we've had so far. Nobody in their 30s has won an event in 2017 to this point. It's pretty, pretty ridiculous. It was funny. He actually, Spieth got asked a question about Justin Thomas after winning the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's hey, look, it, time, times have changed. He's uh, Justin Thomas is no longer uh, Jordan Spieth's uh, good buddy. I guess I, you know part of it is going the other way around now. Yeah, couldn't help but notice that he won an event immediately after taking a picture in a no laying up shirt. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> so you're saying that I should start taking photos in my no laying up here then? Just, just swing by the no laying up pro shop. Anybody that wants to, you know, add a little consistency to see their ball striking. Um, what did you? What are you? What are your thoughts overall on the event? Uh, the AT, the overall AT and T Pell Beach Pro Am three courses. Everything we get is a fan experience. What what do you what are your overall thoughts? See, I it's 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 really tough because you know, from everything that I know you and I have both heard, uh, is that it's it's a much better experience for the people on the ground than it is for mm-hmm. people watching on T V. Um from a from a TV standpoint, I mean it's it CBS is in a bit of a tough it, they're in a very tough position with the play spread out over over three different courses. And, you know, there's obviously the play is so slow um, with, you know, all the amateurs and, you know, alleged celebrities that end up going to this thing um, that I don't know. I I get the appeal of it. I I certainly get the appeal of what it used to be when when people didn't have access to, you know, the the celebrities and whatever that people do now. Um, You know, it was probably really cool to see, you know, Ben Crosby go out and and play golf because you might not have uh, you might not have a chance to see Ben Crosby up close and personal like that, you know, any other time. Um, But, you know, seeing seeing Justin Timberlake, I mean, Colt Ford and like these guys, like it's just it's not it's not the same as it used to be. That's for sure. Um, Overall, no, I I, look the, the it's it's a shame to me that, you know, that the one time a year that we get to see Pebble is in this event. Um you know, and you know, we, we don't get to see Cyprus anymore. Um, it's not, it, I, I could definitely do without it. That's for sure. I get that. There's a lot of history there. I really do. Uh, I know it's probably way bigger than me as a, uh, millennial golf fan. And probably this event is not targeting me and it is something, you know, we, we always crave things that are different on the PGA tour and, uh, this is a, a bit of a different event. Um, and again, it may be just that just not targeted for our age group, but 
I, you got to give your fans at this point some kind of option to be able to watch the golf tournament. Um, and that there's got to be some kind of online or, or something that I, I don't need to be watching on a Saturday afternoon. Like you said, Colt Ford and then Larry the Cable Guy pulling a guy out of the audience. Like, yeah. it's it's just not funny. Like, I know some people may think it's funny. Like, to, to me, and maybe, again, we're the minority. Maybe the hardcore golf fan really isn't who dominates a, a CBS or Golf Channel broadcast on, on, a, on a normal day. But... I, I, I will. I will say this though. I, I will say that CBS was better this year yes. than yeah, than were. than than they have been in the previous years. I mean, you know, they weren't they weren't you know they weren't set up on seventeen to do interviews with every amateur group that went through on Saturday. Uh, you know, we didn't get Peter Costas wasn't analyzing you know the swing of Gary Mule Deer, whoever that is. Um, and uh, but no, I mean, look, I, I think. I think it was better, but I mean, yeah, I think you made a good point. Like, I know, I know, my parents, for for instance, are, you know, they they like my mom's my mom likes watching guys like Carson Daly and, and whoever else. But no, I mean, for people like us, no, it's it's not for us at all. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know who's laughing at this stuff is the is the main thing. Especially, no. I know Bill Murray's a legend, but man, that's that that act is just it's way too tired. Um, and yeah, I'm, I don't I'm know. Ready who's... to eject on Bill Murray? I, I I like don't get me wrong, incredibly funny dude, great actor, but I'm I'm tired of this at this point. For this event, yeah, without a doubt. Um, yeah, I, I I totally agree that CBS did a much much better job. I swear, I think that Jim Nance, his comment about on Saturday when he was, he basically came on the air and said how much how much golf they were going to be showing. <laughs> I swear that is directed at the Twitter folks. That's myself. I know Tron has done. Tron deserves a lot of credit for uh, how much criticism. <laughs> it's weird to say, but how much criticism he's given CBS. If anyone out there thinks like we give CBS a lot of grief just out of, you know, habit or out of just fun or just because we're trolls. That's not the case at all. It's like we actually care about the networks giving a good product to their fans. We think we are in kind of a unique position where we have a decent following and can voice our opinion and kind of get some attention. And people, there's no one out there that's reaching out to us and like thinking that CBS's broadcasts are fine. Like we are just trying to act as a voice for the people. And I can almost, I actually can guarantee, I know for a fact that it has at least gotten on the execs, I don't know about the exec level, but I know that at least at the production level of CBS, they're aware of the feedback they've gotten from social media on the broadcast. And I, without a doubt, think that at least factored into them removing themselves from the 17th hole and not showing celebrity swings in slow motion. But uh, they did limit, it seems like a Saturday was a ton of amateur golf, but it's Sunday it looked like they were dead set on not showing the amateurs. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, guys, you know, every once in a while, like my, my whole thing about showing the amateurs has always been like, yeah, someone does something amazing or, you know, you want to show, uh, you know, the, the Bob Stoops pro tracer from the other day where he basically just fired one directly into the crowd on seven. That's great. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I mean, look, and, and, and to your point about like what, uh, about the criticism of CBS, it's like, you know, NBC's golf coverage has been a lot better over the last few years. I've loved everything pretty much that Fox has done. Um, you know, with their USGA stuff. PGA Tour Live is fantastic for, for hardcore golf fans. You know, the, the European Tour broadcasts are basically golf shot after golf shot with very little to no fluff every every time out. Um, it just seems to me like CBS has fallen behind, even if they were, you know, quite a bit better this year than they were last. 
Yeah, and make no mistake, we're gonna. It's not. They're not there yet. We saw some positive steps. I don't want to step on. I think Tron's gonna put a piece together. I don't want to step on his toes too much on that, but I think it's worthy, definitely worthy of discussion. In that, uh, we're we're gonna give. We're gonna continue to give feedback on what we think golf fans want. I think it really, it really does matter. Uh, there's enough react. It's, it, I see it in my mentions every single week, and when, when it's when CBS is on, and the amount of commercials, and it, it, as soon as they can figure out a way to mix in showing commercials during play rather than taking so many breaks, please, please, please find a way to do that. I know NBC did it for the Ryder Cup. I know it's yeah. probably not. Super easy, but uh, man, they gotta have some focus groups. I gotta imagine more goes into it than, than just what they uh, what Not, they're doing. And we haven't even mentioned the thirty minute break, which de- which deprives us every year at Pebble of of the of the leaders playing through the basically the best stretch of golf in the U.S. Um, you know, like I think Brendan Porath mentioned this. You know, it was it was Phil last year who we didn't get to see play basically six, seven, and eight. You know, this year it was Jordan. Like it's just it. You know, something I understand that there's a lot of logistical problems with all this, and and believe me, I'm not the uh, I'm not the guy who's going to be deciding all these things for CBS at any point soon. But like, there there has to be a better way than what we've been given. And I've been told, or I'm not just me. I, I, it's uh, it's out there that uh, the reason for the the 30 minute gap is there needs to be a graphics switch over from Golf Channel to CBS or whatever. But here's the thing: we don't care about the graphics. Like, no, no, so I get I get the international feed here. So when they go to commercial, um, I don't know who it is. Sometimes it's John Swantek. Sometimes it's another guy that is just Sounds announcing like golf that's going on. <laughs> he sounds like Swan Tech. He does. It's hard to figure out who it is uh, or if it's Swanee or not. But um, they just show golf. Like, it may not be the most relevant golf, but they show golf. So I know there's cameras rolling out there. I know there's still a broadcast in some way. you got to find a way to give that, that 30 minutes back to the fans, even if it means going online, which is so less than ideal. Um, they've at least figured out that you can cut – uh, uh, you can go and watch online if the basketball game runs over, like it runs over every, every single, single week. Every single week. Um, so yeah, there's at least there's at least that. Yeah, can you can you take us 15 minutes longer on Golf Channel and then bring out bring it in at 2:15 or 3:15 or whatever the time is, just to avoid that basketball game. But yeah. that's enough on CBS. But yeah. progress being made. But please please keep it up the change. Um, you got any Tiger takes? Oh God. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, look, the the thing is, like, does anyone actually believe that he didn't hurt himself on the flight over there? Uh, I don't necessarily believe that he hurt himself on the flight. I, I don't know. I, I don't think it was good for him to fly 16 hours, but I mean, I don't, I think it was hurt. I don't want to say hurt in the gym, but I think he... Uh, the pictures, but what he looked like at the hero versus what he looked like uh, when he showed up in Dubai, it's a different person. Like it looked like he was lifting yeah. two times a day. And that's what I've heard from a very, very, very reliable source that people within his team are very not happy about the way he uh, continues to work out. And um, I, I, I know that ugh, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword here because I kind of tend to roll my eyes at just, Saying that uh, you know that working out leads to injuries, especially when it relates to Rory, but that's a that's a different topic. But uh, a Tiger at that age, at 41, at, with all the back problems he's had, I just don't think he needs to be in the gym 
uh, lifting a ton of weights. And that's what it certainly looks like, despite what Nota Begay came out and said that, you know, his workouts look way different, which sounded like a response directly to what I tweeted. <laughs> um, so I don't know if it was necessarily the flight that did it, but I definitely think yeah. that he's been doing some kind of activity within that that time when he was free swinging and and skinnier in December versus what he looked like in Dubai. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I should I should rephrase. Maybe not necessarily on on the flight, but there was, um, there there definitely was a difference between. So like when we were, I'm not sure if you were actually up watching that first round from Dubai. I know that a few of us were, but um, yeah. yeah. So when when he was, it, it was so obvious watching that first round in Dubai that something was wrong. You know, he, he, the, the first swing, I mean, it was a, basically a, just a duck hook, 260 yards left. And, uh, it was, it was a horrible swing. He winced horribly again, um, pretty much right after he hit it. Um, you know, he, he made, he made getting in and out of the bunkers in, in Dubai look like a much bigger chore than they actually were. Um, Something definitely changed from from the from either from Hero and from Tory to to what it was in Dubai. Now I know that like, you know, when I was following along on Twitter uh, during that first round in Dubai, people were kind of just saying, "Oh, well, it's the it's the new normal." Like he walks a little slower and this and that. And I was like, "Yeah, okay, I, I can understand that." But there but there was a there's a big difference between a new normal of Tiger walking a little slower and looking like he was in pain the entire way. Um, and for him to say after the round that he was completely fine, I mean, look, maybe maybe he did spasm at some point after the round. I'm not, and I'm not even going to suggest that he's, you know, that he hasn't re-injured it entirely. But it's, something definitely seemed up in that first round, and I find it a little difficult to to believe that, you know, that he was fine the entire way. Um, I don't know what this means going forward. I mean, look, he's obviously not playing this week at Riv, and he's not playing the Honda after that. Um, I mean, if if he's actually it, it that's that's one hell of a spasm if that's what that is it's clearly not they're not totally transparent with what happened and really it it just i wonder if yeah he got locked into you know when he said no it's not painful after that press conference and then had to withdraw he basically kind of put steiny in a little he sent steiny out to deal with it <laughs> much like bubba would have done with ted <laughs> uh, but uh no yeah i mean I don't know, man. I was very hopeful about this comeback. As soon as I saw him swinging, though, at Tory, it just looked looked way different than it did in, in Bahamas. And I, I think he was, he was wearing sweaters and stuff down there, and you couldn't really see the muscle, the muscle right. that was back on. It looked, it just looked different in Dubai, and it's not, not his carry, his fighting weight, I would say. So I, I don't know. I'm concerned about the comeback. I think it sounds like he will be back for Bay Hill. He's not ruled that out, and. Um, I, 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 yeah, when I, when I had heard that he was going to withdraw, I, I heard it was out for four weeks and I went and looked at the schedule immediately and saw that it lines up with Bay Hill. So Look, my, my, my thought has always been that if he could, if he could get himself healthy for a decent amount of time, like not like he's never going to be a hundred percent healthy. Like he's, he's admitted as much to, to everybody who would, who has asked him. Um, my thought has always been that if he could get himself to a point where he could just play, say even even for just a year straight without having to pull out of any event that you know he would you know we we do owe him some time to figure out this new swing and to figure out what he's doing to get himself back in the playing shape and i would have thought that if he could keep himself healthy that you know he would probably win again maybe obviously not to the level that 
you know, he would he was winning at, you know, 15 years ago. But at the very least, you know, win an event here and there, you know, contend in a few majors on the weekends and everything. But obviously, you know, that's all entirely dependent on his health. And right now it's not looking anywhere near positive. Do you think we see him at the Masters? Yeah, I do. I, I unless uh, look uh, unless he's actually re-injured that you know the the nerve problem that uh, that that he that he had that caused the surgeries in the first place. I can't imagine that he's going to take the Masters off. Um, I, I don't know what we're going to see. I mean, look, he's a there's no safer bet in the world than him missing the first fairway left on on Thursday. But I mean, outside of that, I, I have no idea what to expect from him. He'll probably top ten it for all we know. But, <laughs> uh, that's enough on Tiger. I just felt like we uh, had to at least address it. But I didn't get a chance to recap the waste management last week. We don't have to go uh, too far in depth on it like we did AT and T. But feel like it's definitely worth mentioning what Hideki Matsuyama's done so far this year. But uh, do you would you judge me if I said I don't enjoy watching Hideki play? Uh, I've I've heard I've heard you spout off this take. Uh, you know, in, in, in spurts from time to time. Um, you're, you're going to have to walk me through it though. I mean, outside of the, outside of the fact that he, I will admit he does play a little slow. Um, and by a little slow, I mean, you know, glacial, but like outside of that, um, I don't know what the issue is really. I'm not, it's not as even as pace. It's just the, uh, the whole, the whole tour sauce of acting upset at every shot was like, it was kind of funny for like a while. I let it go for a really long time. Uh, and then I think more people starting to notice it and chime in on it. I know Tron's been on the same path too. Like <laughs> I, I just, it kind of wear me down. I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't enjoy this. Like I, I, it, come on. Like you're, you hit the ball eight feet left of the flag and you act like it's going OB. Like it, it got, they got old really quick and he's ruining um, your brand. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking it very personal. Uh, no, I, I, he's I've always the only one who does that, though. Like in fairness, he's like, the worst, though. He, he no, is, I, I agree that he yeah. does exaggerate it to a point. Um, but yeah, it's not as it's. I, I that doesn't bother me so much, to be honest. I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I guess, I kind of look at it, and I just, I, I love someone who. I mean, as you can sure you can tell based on my affection for guys like Sergio. I just love guys who are such high quality ball strikers that I, I I can't I can't get on board with this. I really can't. It's not that I dislike him. It's just I'm annoyed by it to the point where I, I'm right there with you. I love watching like good ball strikers just you know stuff it and pimp it you know like with confidence and i hate that he ruins it every time he hits a good shot he ruins it by acting like it's terrible i it's not that i dislike him at all um i i he's just kind of falling into that jason day category for me where it's like i don't (laughs) really enjoy watching you play and i don't think that it's my american bias but it might be and i'm just not self-aware enough to really understand it but it just does it, does it have anything to do with the fact that we made that bet about three years ago <laughs> that i haven't been able to pay you back on yet or is it i'm not allowed to comment on bets that have not been paid because i owe bacon like so <laughs> many hot dog hamburger whatever pizzas whatever i don't even remember all the things we bet on but i lost three in a row to end the season and i haven't been able to pay any of them back but um yeah, do you owe me one or two rounds of golf because of that? We bet Spieth or Matsuyama to win a major first. Yeah, I, I can't remember what we decided. I'm going to have to go back and look at the tweet. That was probably about three or four years old at this point. But, yeah, no, I definitely did say that Hideki would win a major before Spieth. But, uh, you know, 
I'm I'm not I'm not convinced that Hideki won't have more majors than Spieth at some point at, at some point in the future either. So um, I'm very I'm very bullish on his game. Just uh, you know he's got a lot of work to do, obviously, but uh, I, he's he's so good. And uh, I, I like I said I can't I can't I'm not I'm not fully you know you know Sean Martin level in the bag for him, but it's it's uh, it's not it's nowhere near as bad as you're making it out to be. I don't think. Never go full Martin on Matsuyama, by the way. But I'm not making I'm not making it out to be that bad. I just and I hate when people you know when somebody is succeeding really uh, at at a really high level and coming in with like a bad take. It's it's a bad. I'll admit this is a bad take of mine. But I can't. That is a bad take. I can't help what how I feel about when I watch it. I mean, it shouldn't be the lead story definitely when it comes to Matsuyama. But the scary thing is like he's. Still hasn't really figured the putting thing out. I think, and I'm, no. I'm not looking this up. I think he won with negative strokes game putting in Phoenix. He did. No, he did. Um, that's, that's remarkable. Yeah, no. Look, he's he's got he's got a lot of um, he has a lot of work to do. Don't get me wrong. I just you know, I I, I don't I don't quite get the, uh, the 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 hatred for him. That's all. It's not hatred. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> He, he was actually he was actually not. I'm looking it up right now. He wasn't a negative strokes game putting, but he was a bare, barely a positive. Like if he could putt at and, and this isn't a shot at Rory's putting, but Rory's not known as like a top putter in the game. But if he could putt at even Rory's level, I think he might be the best player in the world. And he's he already might be the best player in the world. But he can, he can uh, get to number one in the world with a win this week. I know that's, that's crazy. That's deserved though. I mean, the guy's Absolutely. lost to like two people in the last three months or something like that is that still is that streak still active it's, it's well i mean i he, he didn't do so well at sony and farmers but outside of that yeah it's it's been it's been ridiculous so i'm mm-hmm. uh, i'm looking forward to seeing what he can do uh, this year in the majors that's for sure me too i'm fully on board i love it i love it i'm in big big support of this just to make up for my awful take but <laughs> uh john rom is terrifying by the way uh yeah uh if if we, we've we've been talking about John Rahm, it seems like for like probably over God probably almost two years now. Um, he he's the reason why the the European Ryder Cup team should have changed the rules. Um, the fact, look, I understand that it's not that big of a deal to play four European Tour events, but like John Rahm is a game changer for that European Ryder Cup team, and you should be absolutely terrified to see him play against you guys in France. I'm terrified of him. I'm still not afraid of France at all, for the record. Just throwing that out there. I'm I'm going to be steadfast in Is my Fran- France in general or the European Ryder Cup team in France. European Ryder Cup team, I'm not scared. Still not scared. I mean, is, is Bubba is Bubba going to make the trip over there? Like, is he like what What's the deal with him in France at this point? Like, I mean, he, he if he doesn't make the team, like, there's no way that he's going over there as a as an assistant captain in France, right? Does he still have a passport? I don't even know. I, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no. Like he, he, you, you don't need to be scared necessarily. But you know how cyclical these things are, and you know how yeah. volatile match play is. Like, you know, you get you get a couple of uh, you get a couple of guys who are running hot, like you guys had a few months ago, and it's it's a completely different story. Yeah, and it's a long way out to be talking actual results. But no, Ram, uh, has he taken up Euro Tour membership? I should know this, but has he? Not that I know of. Um, I believe the the last thing that I read was that uh, was that Thomas Bjorn was apparently going to be talking with guys like him and Paul Casey and and Russell Knox and David Lindmurth and all these guys to try to get them to play at least enough events to be eligible. Um, 
they uh but yeah i don't think any of them have actually taken up membership yet and i and i have a hard time believing that casey's going to after he took such a stand against it a couple years ago but he wouldn't have to do it this year anyways right he could just just has to be next year right yeah i believe so i i don't think he has to do it just yet well they lax the rules at least a little bit i would think that there was some consulting there with some of those guys that kind of like a hint like here we're doing this for you we made this easier for you uh they wouldn't have done it if they didn't think it was going to make a make a material effect which they sh- they were they should have done it i'm glad they did it because I, as much as i want the uh the us to win it every year i want the 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 tables or i want i want it to be the best possible teams and I, it doesn't yeah. feel right that Sean K- or paul casey was uh, Sean casey Sean Sean casey would have been a hell of an addition to that team <laughs> a throwback there um yeah he should have been on that team and i don't want to run into the same issue uh you brought up the Ryder Cup for the record. I just want to put that on the record. And Shock, uh, shockingly, I was the one who brought up the Ryder Cup. <laughs> um, do you have any thoughts? On, I know you're not as heavily invested on this from the U.S. side as I am, but do you have any thoughts on the changes the U.S. team made to qualification and selection? I don't. the the uh, The one that Furyk made, where um, you know, changing changing out the the point system for basically. Um, for, for non for winners of events and not like that doesn't that doesn't bother me so much. I mean, and I, I don't think you should be putting a, as much value on on people winning tournaments versus say top five in consistently. But um, I don't think that that matters so much. What I don't understand is why on earth they changed the 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 final pick to not be after the tour championship. Um, I I told I, I understand like I know they're kind of saying that it's it's travel travel based and all that. But like, they're, it's not like they're going over there on like a horse and buggy. Like they're it's it's they're they're going over there on on you know on on a I assume a pretty quick flight from from Atlanta to France. Like it's not it's not like they need to you know th- th- this isn't that big of an issue. It's like the same thing that we saw when one of the reasons they didn't move it previously the, under Tom Watson in 2014. They're like, well, we don't really know what we were gonna what we we're gonna do with like the official team sweaters, and then like there's different sizes and this and it's just like you're making excuses for no reason. It should <clears throat> you should be doing everything in your power to make sure you have the best team. I get that there's a little bit of logistics problems that go with it. You can't tell me you you can tee it up worse logistically than you did the lap in 2016 where. You know, the Ryder Cup week is basically starting in like six hours, and you don't know who the final player is on your team. And you're able to get him out there in a uniform and get his picture up up, up on all the boards and all this stuff. Uh, I know it's kind of it is kind of nitpicky, especially. I just wanted to be on record discussing this when it actually came out and not get second guessed for when I'm going to criticize it when it inevitably comes up. When the Horsha rule came out, I was a big fan of it. I thought it was a great rule. I thought. Uh, the way it played out in 2014, it would have made a lot of sense. Uh, it's the schedule lines should line up the exact same way as it did in 2014, and they screwed up the timing of it. Like you, de- what is the point of making your picks on September 3rd, your first three picks on September 3rd, and then the final pick on September 10th? What's the BMW going to tell you that you don't already know on September 3rd? Yeah, no. It, look, the, the thing is, like you know, they, it, it's not. Those are big points. Like you can talk about the fact that it's only one guy, but if if the one guy, like Ryan Moore, I believe played what three matches in mm-hmm. in in 2016. If he goes out and loses all three of those matches in a tighter event, like that, those are important points. Like every you know, 
Sure, is he as important as as Patrick Reed, who's going to be playing all five matches? He's not, but I mean, the fact is, is that it, those are important points. Like, I don't, I trying to trying to limit yourself like this. I've never understood. Um, and like, I know you and I have talked about this before. It's like, you know, you and uh, I believe Rory mentioned it on on your podcast with him, the first one that you know, if it was up to him, like he would just take the top twelve in the world ranking and then just go from there. Um, that that would certainly take a lot of the intrigue out of what they were doing. Um, or, I mean, look, if it was up to me, like, I'd want total control. Like, let me pick the whole team. Um, but, I mean, that's obviously not going to happen either. I mean, I just, I don't understand. Like, there just seems like they're, um, it just seems like they're they're limiting their options for no real sufficient reason. Yeah, and just to clarify, I wrote about this on the website too, but just to clarify what I mean is that if you're going to save this last pick, like save, try to hold open for one hot guy, waiting till after the tour championship should leave you plenty of time because unless there's a bye week between the BMW and the tour championship, the tour championship is going to end on like the 17th and you have an entire week off before you even leave for France. It's not like the timing, it doesn't like the, again, there's a chance that they put a bye week in front of the tour championship. Right. If if that's the case, I I still would rather just pick all four picks after the Dell Technologies or whatever the, now the Deutsche Bank championship is going to (laughs) be. Look, there, there's only and there's only 30 guys in the field at the Tour Championship, right? Now, yeah. some of them are obviously not going to be American. There's going to be a bunch of them that aren't American, and you'd like to think that the ones that are American are probably on your team already. So, I mean, like the chances of this, like it, it's just it just it's kind of silly to me that we're even that we're even talking about this. Like, they 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 definitely don't need to do this the way they're doing it, and I, I don't I just don't understand why. Here's to hoping it doesn't matter because it didn't. It didn't end up mattering in 2016, but I felt like when it happened that it really forced Love's hand, and he had no choice but to select more after what happened. Uh, if he makes that pick before the Tour Championship, he probably takes Bubba. I, I know for a fact he would have taken Bubba. Um, so again, it didn't end up mattering, but that's kind of using hindsight and a results-based formula to say it didn't matter, didn't hurt him when it could have. And Moore was not a great fit for Hazeltine. He ended up playing very well, and I, you can't take that away from him. But like Bubba would have been as much as I dislike Bubba would have been a much better fit for Hazeltine. His style of play with the way how far he hits it with no rough and just able to bomb it out there. But yeah, again, it didn't end up mattering, but let's, what, let's just uh, hope that. What, yeah. what are your, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, what happens if after the BMW, like Furek doesn't really have any real good options and he just picks himself <laughs> like that, that it could happen. It could. Oh, it really could. I, I don't think he'll pick himself. I think he should have taken himself out, even if he was going to qualify yeah. on points. Um, just because it, I don't, and people are, yeah, it's already a narrative that's getting floated. I talked about this with Porter, too. It was just like, I don't want to do this for a year and a half. Like, do exactly. I, It's going to be easy clickbait for everyone. It's going to be a distraction. I know it's kind you, of a, just you know a silly what, it's, it's kind of what, like, what, what Bones, I think Bones said it to you as well, about how, like, Phil doesn't even want to consider it until he knows that he's done. Yeah. And that's kind of what where I'm at with Furyk. It's like, I totally understand how, like, you guys don't want Furyk on this team. And that's completely understandable. But, like, if he goes out and he's clearly one of the best guys available and he can't pick himself because he's obviously the captain, it's like, it just doesn't make any sense. Just as a player, I don't understand why you'd put yourself up to it if uh, if you still think that there's an outside chance that you might be on the team yourself. Yeah, I just stand by that the fact that Furyk has had many, many great, great stroke play seasons and, and not played well in the Ryder Cup. Enough times that it... 
it's done for me. He's been on the team nine times and had a losing record in eight of them, if I remember right. So I just I just wanted to bring this up just to. Hear I know. I I hate. Man. I know. I hate having to do it. I'm more upset. We didn't talk about that. They adjusted the, the point system, but they didn't. They still don't include the fall events, which makes. Uh, make them count for fifty percent. Make them at least count. How can you say the fall events count for nothing for qualification? I, I remember when that first came in. I guess that was ahead of the twenty fourteen. I think Ryder Cup that they started putting that in, and I was actually in favor of it because I thought it made some sense. And then I started to think about it, and I'm like, no, this is stupid. Like it doesn't, you know, it's just completely diminishing the events of of for what three or four months. Like it doesn't that doesn't make any sense at all either. Yeah, it doesn't add up, but uh, that's enough Ryder Cup, I think, uh, whatever, 18 months out from the uh, from the actual event, but it's never too early to talk Ryder Cup. Uh, any other topics before we move to questions, because we got a lot of them. Oh, if we have a lot, let's go. Let's do it. Um, my good friend, I will go, I'll go ahead and say it, my best friend, Frank Tedesco, wants to know if playing single-length irons and putting side saddle, he says a stupid hat is optional, if it saved you five strokes around, do you switch? Probably. Um, five I, strokes around's a lot. Five strokes around is too much. I mean, look, I, I let's let's put in the caveat as well that I am very clearly nowhere near going to be at any point turning pro. Um, you know, watching me swing is not something that anybody should ever be subjected to. Um, but if I can go out there and save five shots around, yeah, I'm absolutely going to switch. And I. And I, it's the the hat is definitely the least reprehensible part of this whole thing. There's no doubt about that. Let's make it two strokes. Let's make it a question two strokes. Are you switching two? for two? Uh, probably not. To be honest, I mean, again, it kind of depends on on how good you are and what you're kind of doing. I guess. I mean, when I go out and play, like if I, you know, my goal when I go out and play is to typically on the courses I go out on is to go out and shoot between say, you know. 82 and 85 something like that that's the plan i mean does that ever does that happen often Uh, probably about half the time um it's that that's not worth two shots the single length irons doesn't bother me at all like it it really like people wouldn't even notice really yeah i'm not i'm not worried about that side saddle it wouldn't be worth the ridicule i don't think so if i can give if i can get one shot from the single length irons i'd do it but i don't think i'd do another shot for the side saddle always protecting those mentions man i like it we butchered that or i butchered that question by breaking making it way more uh by by simplifying it but we'll go on uh you might know this guy craig sart and this must be an inside joke but craig sarson wants to know to make par how many fairways is too many fairways to the left <laughs> uh so craig's my brother um, and this is absolutely in reference to, God, it was around the golf that we played, I'm going to say, seven or eight years ago. And it was me, him, and my dad. And we're playing We're playing on a, it's a dog leg left. And I've never played this course before up until this point. And not only did I miss the fairway I was on and the fairway adjacent to it on the left, I missed the next fairway. And I was... Like it is, it is actually impossible to understand how far left I actually was at this point, and I had no idea what I had for a yardage, and I took out. I, I honestly don't even remember what I hit, and I basically um, I hit it over a bunch of trees and got it right in front of the green, chipped on, and made my par. Um, 
and I believe my brother made par as well, you know, obviously the traditional way of, you know, in the fairway and then on the green and two putts. But, um, yeah, that, that is why, uh, he asked that question. <laughs> I had a buddy, my buddy Leif, when we played in Scotland at Carnoustie a couple years ago, I'm not joking that he missed for, for the majority of the day, he was two fairways left or right and <laughs> most definitely not making par from that. He had a great time, though. I got to give him a lot of credit. He still had well, a lot of Car- fun. Carnoustie, I can understand being a little wayward and not making par. Um, oh, this, my God. The course, the course I'm playing is definitely not Carnoustie level difficult, <laughs> that's for sure. It was tragic. It was tough to watch. Uh, Trevor Rieske has a great question that all of us want to know. And if any listeners don't know about Adam's famous Sergio gif, uh, we'll I'll, I'll include it in the in the show notes on the website. But uh, Trevor wants to know how is the Sergio GIF uploaded? Like, is it an organized folder? Is it right on the desktop, or do you just always have it ready to go? So, because of uh, if any anyone who knows me knows that I'm very organized with like all of my stuff on my computer. It's just kind of like an OCD thing, and so all of my gifts that I have are actually organized by by player, and then by year that I made the GIF. So for Sergio, he is he has his own folder just like everybody else, and then from there, it's the the title of the GIF is just stare. Like there is nothing else. Um, I saw it. I saw it randomly doing a, doing a random YouTube video search. Uh, shows you where my life is at at certain points. But I was doing a random YouTube video search, and I saw it come across, and I was like, okay, I have to grab this. Um, and yeah, and, and the upload is basically I just search for the word stare and it shows up and that, that that's how it gets done. How fast can you get it up if you need it? Where are we talking about GIFs? <laughs> uh, you know, re- reg- regular stuff, regular stuff, five, six seconds, you know. Well played. I did not see that one coming. Uh, Jay Rigdon wants to know, if we get four first-time major winners again this year, but none are Sergio, will you just give up on golf or or life even? Uh, the, the, the deletion of my Twitter account might have to come into play at some point. Um, Why don't you just explain the Sergio thing to anyone that's not that familiar with it? Yeah. Because I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know at this point. Yeah. So I actually uh, – so I did a mailbag post uh, last week. And most of the questions, as I'm sure you can imagine, were about why were about Sergio in general. Um, to be perfectly honest, like the the Sergio love didn't actually start right away. Like I was actually when I first started watching golf, like I was probably I was one of those people who you know wasn't in love with Tiger and Phil for whatever reason, you know. And, and um, I probably I feel a little bad about that at this point for not really truly appreciating like how good they actually were. Um, and I'm sure that a lot of people feel that way now. Um, my favorite guys to watch were actually like David Duvall and John Daly. Um, and I didn't really get hooked on Sergio until like I started to know a little bit more about the actual game itself. Like, you know, he's, he's just such a good ball striker. I'm always going to gravitate more towards ball strikers than anything else. Um, and you know, even though he's obviously, uh, he's done some things in the past that are definitely way offside, um, both either on the course and off the course, especially as it relates to Tiger. Um, you know, it, it just seems like he's a, he's a real and genuine person. Like the, the whole, like, you know, the, the, the tragic figure that he is, it, it appeals to me in some way. And then, you know, on top of that, you know, the totally like unique swing that he has, like lag for days, so much trash. Like it's, it's the, he's the perfect guy to watch really, if you ask me. Yeah. It's kind of a, uh, just a, uh, I don't want to say sad tale is it's not. I mean, he's had an incredible career, but he's almost viewed as like a sympathetic figure at this point. 
most people it's hard to really dislike him at this point i think some people still do but has he done really anything in the last you know aside from like the 2013 players has he done anything in the last five years that really deserves scorn from anyone no i i don't think so i mean look the again the 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 tiger fried chicken remark um aside not his um, best not no not not his best at all um but no, I, I don't I don't see what the what the uh, what the hatred is for him now, aside from people um, hanging on to, you know, whatever they didn't like about him previously. Um, you know, he's he's getting married this year, apparently. And, you know, he's he looks like he's in good spirits. I mean, and, and that's uh, that's obviously really good for him and trying to get that first major. So. All right. Uh, Brad Replinger wants to know of all the gifts you've you've collected, created over the years, which one is your all time favorite and why? <laughs> Uh, it kind of has to be the Sergio one, I think. I figured, um, so I was going to let you answer that, but then I want to know your second favorite. Oh, God. Um, there is no, there's no 1A in this category. It's, it's, really, it's really tough to uh, – there are so many – look, all, all the Tiger things that I've done um, over the years, um, the other one – the only actual one that I can think of off the top of my head, um, 2013 President's Cup um, – there was a gift that I made of um, Amy Mickelson getting uh, Lindsey Vaughn's golf cart out of some mud. Um, and, and the only reason why I bring this up is because it wasn't broadcast live on TV in the U.S. for whatever reason. Again, we can get back to golf coverage conversations, but for whatever reason, I can't remember why, but it wasn't being broadcast live on TV in the U.S., but it was in Canada. And so, like, I was getting these gifts, and I was just like, everyone, you know, no one everyone kind of just knew that it happened, but no one was seeing any visual proof of it. So I put it out there and that was actually one of the, the gifts that kind of took off for me because of it. Do they like the wags in Canada more than they do the States? Oh God, no, that okay. that's no, we, we, we have a little bit of class up here. Um, to be honest. All right. All right. You made it, you made it pretty far into that before you took your first big <laughs> shot, but, um, Jeff B wants to know what would you want to see carried over to the PGA Tour that the Euro Tour is currently testing. Uh, they are oh, look. They're doing a lot of different things that you know the PGA Tour could learn from. Obviously, um, the number one thing is that they are cracking down way more on slow play than the PGA Tour ever has or probably ever will. Um, you know they're. They, they've got they've got their monitoring penalty situation, which I know was a big deal last year. I mean, they actually they actually put out press releases of of guys who had been penalized in the past um, under this new rule. That's the one for me that I'd like to see them implement more often. Um, and then obviously any of the stuff. Like they're, they're, even uh, this week in Australia, they've got you know that combination stroke play match play event that's going on. Um, anything that kind of changes up what, what we see on a weekly basis would be nice, but it's, it's the slow play thing that, uh, I would love to see more than anything. Yeah. <clears throat> Your tour is just, they're drunk over there. They're just, throw, they're <laughs> just doing it. They're literally, I think they're getting drunk, throw, like listing a bunch of crazy ideas up on a board. And then like the next morning, figuring out their best ones and then going for it. I love it. I like, love honestly, it. Honestly, think... like, they should they should open up like a portion of their website to just solicit feedback for like you know crazy ideas for people like us to just email them with them. And, Thank you. Uh, like... I want I want a part time consulting job. I got some ideas. Yeah, no kidding. Oh man, and they could the the social stuff can make its way over to the states anytime soon. That would be that'd be fantastic. It's they're having a lot of fun over there. The awkward reporter was great. Oh my. Uh, 
they're always coming up. They got something coming up their sleeves. Like I don't even I don't even know you know what's what's coming next. I got I spent some time with Jimmy Kennedy down in South Africa actually, and uh, yeah, they he, got some uh, they got some stuff. Their going social on. account is just so good. Like there there's nothing. And and to be honest, like the PGA Tour account's not bad. It's just you know they're pretty much just gonna stick to you know whatever's happening on the course, and that's fine. But like you know the European Tour is just so good at managing all their social stuff. Yep, yep. Bite, biting tongues on on all that. So, <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, there was one funny one here. Oh, a a m n. It's I can't even read the Twitter handle. Uh, worst putting stroke at the pro am and why. Really only accepting Chris Berman, but how he lives in Hawaii. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Chris Berman is, uh, I think I think it was either Will Gray or Ryan Lavender who tweeted it out this week. There was like a list of handicaps, and it actually said that Chris Berman was a 16, which, no. I mean, if, if Chris Berman, like I said to Ryan on Twitter, like if Chris Berman's a 16, like I'm a four-time major winner. Like he is so bad. And I don't understand, like, he plays a lot of golf, like, and it's, it's, anyone, like, his swing is terrible, his putting stroke is awful, like, it, it's, it's, there, there's nothing positive to say about, uh, about what he does on the course. He's the poster for what is wrong with the AT&T, but uh, we're going to get you out of here on this, friend of the podcast, Sarah Endicott, she just sent this in, I just got this now, given the option, would you take a Sergio Major or a Phil US Open in 2017? Uh, it's a lot of responsibility. It is. Um, I, I love Phil. Um, I, I I don't think he's ever going to get a U.S. Open. I, wow. I just I'm I'm concerned. I actually wrote a little bit about it today. I'm concerned about what we're kind of seeing from him. Um, he, he is he's always been prone to these like blow up holes and all that kind of stuff. But like it's just um, it's not it's not good. There's a lot of inconsistency right now. And look, it could just be a, a stretch of the last few weeks, but. He's he's had some he's he's got some issues there. I, I but like look, as much as I love the guy, look, the answer is always going to be Sergio. Like there's no someone someone asked me in my mailbag last week if I was if I would rather have a Sergio major, um, or someone from Canada win a major for the first time since since Mike Weir won in 03. and and the answer there is still Sergio. So there's no uh, there's no getting around that. It's it's definitely him. You have shown where your loyalties lie. You're willing to turn your back on your country like that. That's uh, at a time like this. That's uh, it, coming that's from hurt. a guy who left his own country to live somewhere else. It's I uh, went really to go mean. scout. Okay, scout the talent in Europe and see what I could bring <laughs> back. All right, so um, all right, let's end it on that with you professing your love for Sergio Garcia. And uh, unless there's anything we missed, no, I think we're good. All right, we're safe. Adam Sarson, thank you for your time, and uh, we will do it again. Um, let's try for this summer again. Sounds good. Cheers, man. Yeah, man. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes! Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! 